What's up, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter. I'm also at Romancing Nancy on Twitter as well, if you would like to just follow me for random Nancy Drew stuff. And I've got my Buy Me a Coffee linked in that Twitter profile, and I'm also on AO3, archive of our own under Indy Nickerson, you know, for reasons. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the last episode in this season, so we're going to be doing Hit and Run Holiday, which is the fifth Nancy Drew Files. And I'm kind of going against my own rule here because Ned appears not at all, actually. Ned is referred to twice, and that's it for this one. But I thought it was interesting because of a lot of other stuff that happens in this particular book. So this is going to be the last one for this season. And then we're going to pick up with Clue in the Tapping Hills next next week, next Friday, for season three, which is kind of weird. It's like I'm doing a really tiny HBO miniseries seasons for this but that's cool so the first part of this episode we're going to just talk about the basic plot of this book and then for the second part of this episode I kind of want to talk about like an overview of what we've seen so far because that seems like a cool thing to do at this point but it's fine so Hidden Run Holiday is we're still in 1986 um the weird thing about the Nancy Drew Files is while one was released per month um they don't they're not like, oh, so we're in August, and so the next one's going to be in September. No, we don't do that. We we skip around. So the first book took place at, like, the beginning, but not the absolute beginning of the school year. Um, the second book was, like, Ned was on a break. <laughs> Ned's always on a break. Um, the third episode, the third episode, the third Files book was in the wintertime because they went skiing. The fourth one, which we did last time, that one was um, Smile and Say Murder. That one is kind of like vaguely in spring. And so this one is actually still in spring. We're in March. Um, and it's spring break time. Yeah. And so Nancy, Buzz, and George are heading down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida for just getting real drunk. <laughs> the thing that I think is fascinating about this one is I had not read it since I don't even know how old I was, probably like 12 or whatever. Um, I did not pick up on a bunch of shit in this book when I was 12. (laughs) I literally did not pick up on it until I read it for this episode because, um, if it doesn't involve Ned, I usually don't reread it. I'm like, yeah, that was fine. Um, but then I was reading this and I went, oh shit, son. Okay. I, I get it. I get it now. I get it. Okay. So this one, like I said, it's March. Um, and I'm I'm just going to point this out here. It's fucking spring break, y'all. Why is Ned not invited? Because Nancy refers to Ned early in the book. She's like, oh, yeah, and, and Ned Nickerson, my longtime boyfriend. And there's another reference in the book where she's like, well, I'm with Ned, so I'm not, you know, tempted to hang out with the thousands of drunk-ass guys around me. And that's it. Like, there's no why he couldn't come. There's no, like... Oh, well, I mean, he just couldn't get away. Like, there's no fucking explanation. And this one would have been perfect for that because in the first book, she was in fucking high school, so it wouldn't have worked. Uh, Second book, Carson is in her fucking suite, so there's no banging in that one. Uh, Although, (laughs) as was pointed out to me, could they have banged in a back alley? 100% yes. Uh, The third book, 
they're in fucking dormitory style housing the fourth book um they're having that ridiculous fight which again i'm gonna say could have been explained by her saying that she was late on her period but she was in chicago and they were going home every night and could they have banged on a lunch break of course but in this book it's like it's fucking perfect there's no carson uh they're in florida ned would have gotten a separate hotel room because that's always how this goes in these books and no none of that Granted, like, Nancy gets her ass handed to her a few times in this book, so I can imagine, like, if he had been along, like, could there have been some hurt comfort banging? Of course! Like, at any given moment, we're 100% here for that. But no, there's not even a cute phone call. Like, throw me a fucking bone here, y'all. Okay, so, Nancy apparently was talking to this mother of one of her friends like here's the thing nancy's 18 but like has all the friends in the world like seriously river heights is a small town so i guess she just ran into him at the piggly wiggly um and she was like oh my god you're going down to fort lauderdale my daughter kim is going down is down there as well and she sounded kind of weird so can you check in on her and nancy's like of course like that is what i'm here for i'm here to reconnect with people in random ass places And I'm sure that there will be no mystery attached to this. Because, again, I do like to talk about, like, why is Nancy getting involved in this shit? Like, why are the cops not involved? Which, we're going to answer that question super quick. So, um, Nancy, Bess, and George get a rental car this time, which is good. Because, again, y'all, the Mustang has only got so much mileage before it's going to fall fucking apart. Even though her father bought it for her in the first book of the series. (laughs) So they're in a rental car. They go down to like this shady ass hotel, which they're like, whatever, we're not going to be here that long anyway. Like they're, they are planning on hitting the beach and just getting drunk off their asses. Side note, they never say that. There is zero reference to alcohol in this book. And I'm going to point out in a hot minute why that's so very important to understanding what the fuck's going on in this book. Like it answers a lot of questions. Um, More than it raises. Um, So... They stop by, they change into their swimsuits. Nancy packs a bag. This is hilarious to me. Um, she's packing a bag with all the stuff she's gonna need, you know, like sunscreen, some suntan lotion. Which again, like it's nineteen eighty six. Maybe she was like, It's cool if I roast. Although she's strawberry blonde, so technically if she has the same skin tone I do, she don't need to be roasting. She gonna turn lobster. Um, so she's got all that. She's got her walkman. Because God knows all the trendy people on the beach have got their Walkman. Um, and also a spare bikini just in case. Which, on first read, I was like, why the fuck would she have a spare bikini? And then I was like, this is Nancy Drew we're talking about here. If anyone is going to lose her bikini in a terrible accident, it's going to be Nancy. But there's a reason that she packs it. Um, Anyway, so Bess and George head down to the beach, which... On the way to the hotel, Bess is like, I've already seen 12 guys that I would bang in a hot minute. And George is like, cool, because George in this book is supposedly still with John, who you will remember from book three is the Olympic hopeful who had amnesia for a hot minute. So you'll remember him. Um, George is apparently still hung up on him, even though he does not appear in the series ever again, I believe. So, you know, he's just off screen. He's, He's that guy who she's carrying a torch for. Come to think of it, like, honestly, when I think of these books, I think of him as, like, the one that George really meshes well with. But anyway, 
So George ain't here for banging. Bess is 100% here for banging. Nancy's like, no, no, Ned. So she is going to go to Kim's hotel room just to check on her. And Bess and George are going to hit the beach. So Nancy packs her bag, heads over there to yet another shitty hotel, which again, I mean, it's pretty fascinating because often Nancy can get like a trade out and, or she knows a guy who knows a guy or her dad has a connection or whatever. So she's, it it depends on the book. Like sometimes she's staying in a really nice place and sometimes it's like, oh really? Like that's a lot of roaches. But um, anyway, so she heads over there. She walks up to the door and she sees that the door to Kim's hotel room has apparently been busted. And then she hears that Kim's on the phone. And so she stands out in the hallway listening. And because, of course, she does. Like, that's exactly how she would roll. She hears Kim on the phone talking to somebody named Ricardo, who Kim hope, helpfully says Ricardo's name twice, which I'm like, okay, that is not natural. Like, when you're on the phone with somebody, you do not say their name unless you are trying to get their attention or for emphasis. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so she's like, no, Ricardo, blah, 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 Rosita, blah, blah, blah. And Nancy's like, I'm trying not to listen, but also like, what's going on? Like, because Kim's mom apparently said that Kim sounded a little funny. So Nancy, of course, is like, I smell a mystery. So she finally hangs up the phone. Nancy walks in there and Kim's like, oh my God, hey, Nancy, what? And Nancy's like, hey, your mom asked me to check on you. And Kim's like, yeah, well, I got to go to the beach right now. And Nancy's like, okay, can like, what's going on? Like, you seem a little bit weird and Kim's like yeah I'm gonna tell you all about it it's like just bonkers girl like let's just head out so they they head out Nancy gets like a stone in her shoe or some shit Kim heads out in the middle of the road and gets fucking run down by a car (laughs) hence the hit and run holiday and you're like of course I mean anyone could see where this was going um (laughs) sure um what I find hilarious is that after they take him to the hospital, they find out that she has a bad concussion and a broken wrist, and that is it. And you're like, yes, because whenever I'm run down by cars, that, that seems like a reasonable list of all the injuries that I might have. Cool. But we need her to be conscious by the end of the book. So so um, Nancy stops in the middle of the street, like is trying to help Kim. She's like, I can't pick her up because I don't want, what if her spine was damaged? And I'm like, thank you. Like, seriously, I learned a lot about quicksand from Nancy Durbuck. So if ever I find myself stuck in quicksand, I've got some tactics. Um, but also like occasionally you're like, oh, okay. Because, oh my God, at 10 years old, I took all this shit as gospel. So if I had run up to somebody who had been hit by a car, I'd have been like, I can't move them. What about paralysis? So Nancy's sitting there and she's looking around at people and she's like, hey, did anybody see anything? Did anybody see who drove the car? And like everyone around her is like, uh, no, um, and Nancy's like, can someone call 911? She doesn't scream it, which is what I would have done, and I have done, <laughs> memories, um, so she's like, can someone call 911, and somebody's like, yeah, I'll go do it, and somebody else is like, yeah, I told my boss to call, and she's dressed as a maid, and Nancy's like, okay, she sees this hot guy who, you know, of course, Nancy's gonna know this hot guy in a tiny black swimsuit, who was standing nearby and he looks up he looks down the street after the car with like this look on his face and Nancy's like is it a happy look like he's glad that this happened or is it a like fiercely angry look like I cannot tell is it a grin or a grimace what's going on here so she doesn't have time to, to like follow up on that because the cops come and as soon as the cops roll up everyone scatters and Nancy's like hmm strange and so the cop comes up and he's like hey did you see anything and he's like 
it was a dark car and the cops like yeah so that, that's like nothing going okay and Nancy's like um like seriously there were a bunch of people here like I'm sure somebody saw something but I don't know where they went and the, the cop is like and excuses he's like it's illegals like they're they're not gonna stick around and Nancy was like that makes sense like we're going to talk about this later, but it's, it's really fascinating the way that she thinks about both law enforcement and about illegal immigrants in this book. So anyway, um, so she goes with him to the hospital. She comes back to the beach to find Bess and George. And Bess is like, oh, my God, Nancy, look who I met. Lord, give me strength on this. Um, so Bess introduces Nancy to Dirk Bowman and side note here, Dirk Bowman sounds 100% like a name that would be used in the original mystery stories. Like I can, I can totally imagine him being like one of the like 1960s revisions. Dirk, I'm gonna be honest with you. I ain't never met anybody in, in real life named Dirk, nor have I met a Ned. I mean, let's just be real here, but I have heard of them. And Dirk, like, Sure, honey, sure. So Nancy sees him and she's like, he looks a little bit like Daryl, Daryl Gray from the first book. Like, can you please just shoot me in the fucking face? Um, but Bess has clearly claimed this asshole. So Nancy's like, oh, okay, hey. And so she's telling Bess and George that Kim got run over and that she's in the hospital. And Bess and George are like, oh, my God. And George's like, tell me more. And Nancy's like, well, I mean... She was talking about, I, I mean, I just don't even know. And she was on the phone with somebody and blah, blah. And Dirk's like, that is fascinating. Maybe we could talk more about this tomorrow, wink. And Nancy's like, um, you're, you're trying to get my best friend's pants? Like, uh, what? I, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. And Dirk's like, I understand, but we could really talk about this privately, Wink. And Nancy's like, um, maybe. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna go see if I can pick up any clues in Kim's hotel room. Motel room, I guess. So Nancy goes to the motel room at which PS, um <laughs> this is why she needed that spare bikini top. She was like, I don't have a key to her room. This is 1986. This is before key cards. So she actually is like, I need something. I need a thin piece of metal. So she actually takes the hook out of her bikini top, her spare bikini top, not the one she's wearing, which at the time I was like, that is damn genius. I don't understand how that would work. And also it seems like it would be tedious and like it would take me like an hour, but okay. So anyway, she gets the, her makeshift lock pick out. Oh, best George and... I don't think Dirk went with him to the hospital, but anyway, that's why they're not there. So she gets out her lockpick, and she approaches the door only to find that, um, yeah, someone's already inside. So she didn't need to dismember her bathing suit top, which would never be the same again, I'm sure. Um, she sees this maintenance guy. He's wearing, like, the jumpsuit of a maintenance guy, and he's carrying a, a sharp screwdriver, which, of course, and also Nancy's like, this seems a bit sketch, but okay. And the 
maintenance guy's like, what are you doing here? And Nancy's like, oh, I was looking for room 306. And he just looks up at the ceiling because she's on the wrong floor. And she's like, oh, okay. So she leaves for long enough for the maintenance guy to go. And then she comes into Kim's room and she's like, oh my God, this place has been trashed. Like, she's pretty sure that the maintenance guy was like, no, not at all. But um, somebody has fixed the door, apparently. So she looks around and she sees that there are two toothbrushes. There's two hairbrushes. One has brown hair, which matches Kim's hair, and the other one has long black hair. So she's like, hmm, someone else has been here. Like, maybe that's why Kim decided to stay another week, because that was one of the reasons why her mom was like, IDK, what's happening with her? Um, And then Nancy finds a film strip from, like, a photo booth, and it's got Kim and this other girl in it, and the girl has long black hair, and she looks terrified. And Nancy's like, huh, this has to be Rosita, who I remember from the phone conversation earlier. Side note, um, who takes somebody to a photo booth who's, like, having a moment? Like, I've got some questions. It's basically so that Nancy has a picture of her so that she can flash her around and try to find her. So, yeah, Nancy looks around and sees all that, and she's like, I just, I just don't know. She also finds an article that's about um, illegal immigrants and their plight in this country, and Nancy's like, that's exactly like her. Kim loves causes like that. And you're like, cool, because the implication is that Nancy herself is aware of it, but not as zealous about it, which I feel is a really interesting disconnect from the original books. I mean, we can throw racism in there if we want to, but it's, anyway, anyway, it's fine. Um, so yeah, she sees that and she just throws it away. She's like, whatever. Um, I can't remember if she finds anything else in the room because somebody else then comes in and she hides in the closet and peeks out and sees that it's the same guy that she remembers from earlier who was at the hit and run site, who was wearing the tiny black swimsuit and was super hot. So he goes around the room with a bag and picks up some things and Nancy's like, what the fuck is he, is he looting? What is happening here? Because... I mean, why would he, he's not cleaning up. He's just taking some things with him. And of course I was reading this and going, he's picking up the belongings of the other person, but okay. So, um, Nancy goes to the hospital after all this. Um, she's like, okay, so I've got this picture of this girl who I'm pretty sure is Rosita. And I think that Rosita was staying with Kim and like, Maybe she knows what Kim had gotten into. IDK, it's fine. So the next morning, Nancy goes on her date with Dirk. Please just fucking punch me in the face. Um, Dirk's like, have you ever been windsurfing? And Nancy's like, no. And so, of course, he gives Nancy the most 80s windsurfing setup that you can imagine. It is raspberry and turquoise. And it is just banging. And so Nancy gets up there with her swimsuit and Dirk's like, yeah. And she's just windsurfing along. <laughs> Honestly, like, I think that I probably have a Barbie doll with a windsurfing setup. And that's exactly a, as much as I know about windsurfing. Um, so Nancy's windsurfing and then her sail fills up and then the pole snaps. Because I think I've mentioned this before. We got 18 chapters to get some cliffhangers on. So... We got to have a lot of shit happen. So the pole snaps and Nancy is thrown into the water. And Dirk has previously 
warned her that if you are falling off your windsurfing board, you want to make sure that you fall on your butt in the water because you do not want to fall head first backward into the water as the board may just completely fucking kill you. So Nancy falls off her board. Dirk sees her and is like, oh my God, I'm heading right over there. And P.S. on the way to their windsurfing adventure. I fucking hate you, Dirk. Um, that is actually not true. Like Dirk is an interesting character in this book. Like I've, I'm, I'm not in love with him because he is not Ned, but anyway, um, he's like, oh, well tell me everything. And so Nancy just tells him absolutely everything that she's found out, you know, about Rosita, about the person who broke into the room, everything. And then afterwards she's like, okay, what do you have? Because he was like, I need to know everything you do before I can possibly help you. And so Dirk's like, oh, well, um, yeah, I got nothing to add to that. And Nancy's like, why the fuck am I here? And he's like, well, we're going windsurfing though. Like that's a positive. And Nancy's like, what? Seriously, are you just trying to get in my pants? Like, I thought you knew something. So she feels like this entire thing has been a total fucking waste of time. So she's again, trying to paddle with her broken ass board. And somebody comes up in a speedboat and is like, Hey, and it's this really pretty blonde woman who, as always, seems to be a few years older than Nancy. Side note, if anyone a few years older than Nancy pops up in a book, that's the villain. <laughs> it's actually not, but it, it seems to be happening a lot in these early books, especially. Um, so she comes up and she's like, oh my God, hey, can I help you? And Nancy's like, oh my God, that would be great. There's there's Dirk and Lila, who she introduces herself as Lila Templeton. Um, Dirk has mentioned that he is working for Lila Templeton and that Lila is the heiress of the Templeton Orange slash sugarcane fortune so she's got more money than she can imagine what to do with it and so she swings by Dirk and she's like come see me as soon as you get back to shore and then she just hauls ass because Nancy thinks that would be hilarious because she's like this was a complete fucking waste of time so Lila takes Nancy back to shore and she's like disgusted and she's like oh my god I can't I can't fucking believe I fell for that shit um so Bess of course is kind of mad because she doesn't understand like Nancy eventually is like look he might know something about the case etc so Nancy goes out to the beach and um actually at this point she's looking for Ricardo like that's one of the things that she's doing is looking for Ricardo so she finds him and he's actually Kim had mentioned finding him on his perch and Nancy was like does she mean the fish? What the, is it the name of a bar? Um, he's a lifeguard. So when she says perch, she legit means perch. So Nancy walks over and she's like, Hey, did you see that hit and run? That was crazy. And Ricardo's like, mm, like just staring at her, like with open suspicion. And Nancy's like, yeah, that was pretty weird. I think you were there. And he's like, I was not, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Nancy, like, walks a few steps away and steps on a fucking Portuguese man of war because, of course, she fucking does. Um, and so this guy who's passing by is like, oh, my God, that was a Portuguese man of war. Ricardo, you should have been paying more attention. And Ricardo is just smiling because he is a bastard. He is just a flat-out bastard. And so Nancy realizes that his way of getting back at her was to just let her step on a jellyfish, which is really a dick move. Like, I completely understand that, but, yeah like also he didn't plan it I don't think that he put that jellyfish on the sand and was just waiting for you to come back girl but anyway 
she's like, okay, well, I don't know how to, what should I do? And the guy's like, yeah, you should go to the hospital, like, immediately. And Nancy's like, that seems legit. <laughs> so she hauls ass to the hospital, and they're like, here's some salve, which they just hand to her. And I was like, bullshit. They would make her go down to the pharmacy, but this is 1986. Maybe they were actually handing out tubes of ointment all willy-nilly. I don't know. But it's never mentioned again, so apparently the a Portuguese man of war is only going to hurt you for as long as it takes you to get to urgent care. So, Nancy goes and finds Bess, and she's like, yeah, that was a fucking waste of time. Like, Dirk knew absolutely nothing. And so, she does see that Bess is apparently hanging out with Ricardo. Because, of course, Ricardo's banging, and he's got a tiny black swimsuit. Like, what more do you want in this life? Slash Fort Lauderdale. So Nancy runs into them and she's like, hey, and Ricardo immediately like runs off when he sees Nancy and Nancy's like, yeah, that tracks. Um, Bess, he might be involved. IDK. And Bess is like, son of a bitch. Is there, there are like 4,000 guys on this beach and you're telling me that the first two that attract my attention are both dicks. And Nancy's like, actually, yes. So, um, Nancy's decided that she needs to maybe ask around because... Oh my God, this was a hilarious thing. Like whenever they're coming into Fort Lauderdale and whenever they're out at night, Nancy's like, look at all these discos, which I was like, girl, girl, what, what are you doing? It's, it's 1986. Like were there discos? I'm sure there were, but like, just call it a nightclub, hon. Just call it a nightclub. A dance club? IDK is fine. Um, <laughs> Disco? Anyway, so Nancy decides to go out that night. She's got her little, like, photo booth strip with her so that she can flash around pictures of Rosita, who, again, she has jumped to that conclusion with absolutely zero behind it. She's just like, I heard her mention this name, and here's a picture of a girl, so it must be her. So Nancy's taking it around and trying to get anyone to say they've seen her even though it's again it's fucking fort lauderdale and it's spring break and it's just a girl with long dark hair like anyway but again because this is an ac drew book and she needs a lead um she talks to like roughly 80 incels before she finds one guy who's like oh yeah i just saw her and nancy's like what like i was pretty much at the point that I was going to just give up. But he's like, yeah, she's at that party down the beach. And Nancy's like, fuck yeah. Um, Bess and George actually were invited to go on. Here's where I talk about a thing that I did not understand the first time I was reading this. So Lila, you will remember from earlier, and please understand that whenever I say Lila, I think of Lila Fowler from Sweet Valley High, who probably not anyway lila templeton is the one in this book who is blonde and has big old green eyes and is has also an army of himbos as one does dirk is one of them um so lila runs a what she calls it is a cruise to nowhere so she gets a bunch of people on her party boat and they go out to an island where she just lets them hang out for a while and then she comes back early in the morning Dirk has made Bess and George promise that they will go on this cruise to nowhere, which, again, when I was 10 and reading this or whatever, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, that, that seems completely reasonable. And then after I went to the Bahamas and then read this book again, I was like, it's a fucking booze cruise. Like, it's a motherfucking booze cruise. It, it, but they can't say that. I think it's 
it's hilarious. Um, so yeah, Bess and George go on are on their booze cruise adventure, which I I'm gonna die by this. I think that Bess totally got fucking laid that night. Like she's on a fucking booze cruise. They take them out to an island where they just let them run amok, and then they just bring them back early in the morning. So anyway, that's where Bess and George are, so they're not out helping Nancy with her shit. Um, Nancy finds this bonfire on the beach, and then she sees Ricardo talking to somebody who matches the description of the photo that she sees, and she chases after them, and they run away, and she gets discouraged, and then um, she actually feels somebody come up behind her, and when she turns around, she sees the girl from the picture, and she's like, Rosita, and the girl's like, no, my name's actually Maria, and I'm like... I like it. I like that you're like, yeah, there's actually like multiple names that I could have had. It's fine. Um, so Maria tells Nancy that, and this, I love this. Um, Maria actually is a victim of human trafficking. Like the textbook definition of it, where we're not talking about like the creepy, oh, she's been sex trafficked. Because again, like the Nancy Drew files are sterilized to the point that this would not be a thing that they would talk about. Like it definitely would not be explicit or implicit in anything because we do not deal with sex crimes. So um, Maria wanted to, Maria is actually, she speaks Spanish, but it's not, it's a dialect that Nancy is unfamiliar with. So she gets most of what Maria is saying, but um, Maria is from a country that has been going through like a civil war. And so she decided to come to the United States and she paid somebody a bunch of money. But when she got here, she found out that she was basically made to work like a slave for the company that had brought her over and it's Lila's company. So that's what's going on. Like Maria has been human trafficked to the United States to work for Templeton, whatever, like the Templeton organization. And she met Kim, and Kim was trying to help her out. And so Maria's like, Maria looks behind Nancy, and she's like, oh, no. And then, of course, lights out for Nancy. Um, Nancy comes, too. This is actually depicted on the front of the book. Let's talk about the front cover image for just a hot minute. Um, Remember how I said that Nancy looks like 40 on the front of these books? She continues being 40. She is wearing a high-cut blue and black single-piece swimsuit. So she's making a lot of bold choices. Um, she's rocking the like frosted tips thing. And she's also like slathered on some orange pancake makeup. Like she's just, she's just rocking it. Um, but the other, like the mini scene that is depicted on the front of the book, because it's usually one big picture of Nancy and then a smaller picture of some sort of suspenseful thing that's happening during the book is of Nancy being tied to a pier wearing a swimsuit. She's not actually wearing a, um, she's tied to the underneath of it where the water is rising. Um, she's not actually wearing that in this scene because I think that they just tell the cover artists, they're like, this is roughly what's going to happen. IDK. So she's wearing a sundress and they have taken the sash to her sundress and bound her wrists together with it because artistic and they like to make do with what they have. Um, because of course they do. Um, so Nancy is, Nancy can see the high water line and it's a foot above her head and the tide is rising. And so she can see that, oh, this is going to end badly. She's been like real concussed. So her head's pounding and she doesn't know what to do. So she's trying to get loose. It takes her a really long time for her to realize what the fuck's going on. She's also been gagged, so she can't scream for help. Um, 
at one point she looks up and again she's kind of concussed at this point so she's like i'm fucking dreaming she doesn't see elves we're going to talk about that please understand we're going to talk about that mystery of the tolling bell um she looks up and she sees the maintenance guy that she remembers from kim's hotel room and she also sees a guy who she remembers seeing delivering flowers to kim's hotel room like she remembers that guy looking a little bit sketch because kim's mother has come to town so she's at least there to take care of kim while the girls are out partying and banging everybody they can and also getting almost drowned under a pier as one does so nancy eventually gets out of this um she rubs her feet together until she gets them out of that and then she's able to shimmy up the pole so that she's got some time to get herself loose so so she pulls herself out she's like bedraggled drenched bruised sore wrists you know the whole nine yards um she hears a commotion up the beach and so she stumbles toward that and somebody's like oh my god it's a body and so immediately nancy's like oh my god it's maria because maria's the person she was just talking to and it makes some sense because like she was attacked while she was talking to maria but no the body is actually ricardo's body and he has not been drowned he's been shot like i like how direct we're being um you have some questions at this point. Why did they not just shoot Nancy? You know the answer to that. She is immortal. Maybe they tried, and the bullets just bounced right the fuck off. Um, <laughs> I would 100% write that. Um, but yeah, they just left her to drown so that I guess it would look natural, and also I guess if two gunshot victims were found on the same night that there may be questions, or also she's immortal. So anyway, um, but yeah, he, he was shot in the head just dumped out there in the in the water it's fine no idea where maria is and no idea what's going on so nancy stumbles into her hotel room and just passes the fuck out on the cot that bess is sleeping on which i think is an interesting touch because they're acting like they are three middle class teenagers who are like oh we're just putting a hotel room that we're gonna be using while we're not out getting drunk and banging people um so they had to get a, a cop for Bess to sleep on. So <laughs> Nancy just falls the fuck asleep on that, like with Goldilocks. And Bess and George come in the next morning. And they're like, hey, oh, my God, why are you, what's going on? And Nancy's like, I had a rough night. And they're like, oh, my God, tell me all about it. So Nancy explains. And Bess is like, and there we were having fun on the Rosita while this was happening to you. And Nancy's like, hang on, stop, what, Rosita? And Bess is like, yeah, that's the name of the boat that we were on. And Nancy's like, that makes so much more sense. So Kim was talking about the boat, not Maria, when Nancy overheard her on the phone. And that was the last thing that um, that Kim actually said to Nancy was, it was Rosita. And Nancy, of course, doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Kim's been passed out for this whole time, y'all. She, she'd been passed out. There's no talking to her. So um, let me think. I think that what Nancy determines at that point is that she's she needs to get on that boat because I mean every all signs are pointing to that boat all everything is pointing to that boat it's fine but everybody knows what she looks like and they also know the best and George are her friends and Dirk of course knows that all three of them are connected so side note Nancy has not approached the cops about any of this she does have one point where um she's still pissed at um at Ricardo over the jellyfish thing and she's like yeah, I might just call the cops to be there so I don't beat his fucking ass the next time I talk to him because she's so mad. And again, with the interesting interaction with the cops, like, 
Nancy's saying that she would depend on them to keep her from beating the shit out of another human being. Like, I mean, I like where your head's at. You're you're sounding real, real Southern right now, and I'm here for it. But just interesting. Just, just some interesting quirks. So, <laughs> Nancy, Bess, and George disguise themselves as slightly different white girls. <laughs> for this party um side note kim has been abducted from the hospital and you're like jigga what um yeah so nancy went to visit and she walked into kim's kim's i said hotel she's in a hospital huh she's in a hospital probably probably equal to the shit she was in before um she walks in and the bed's been made and so she's like oh my god did and kim's mom was like somebody checked her ass out after i was told that she she actually woke up, smiled at her mom, and Kim's mom was told to, like, keep her quiet, and so, like, she was just going to hang out in the hospital for a few more days before she went home, and so Kim's mom is, like, having a shit fit at the nurse's station, and, she, and the nurse is like, the doctor came and, and took her, and Nancy's like, can you describe this doctor for me, and the nurse is like, she was so friendly. She had blonde hair and green eyes, and she had these two orderlies with her, and they were some hot pieces of ass. And it was it was some good stuff. And Nancy's like, Lila and two of her himbos. Of course. So Nancy now knows that Lila, because she saw the, the maintenance guy and everything, she has a feeling that probably Lila was behind all that shit because it makes a lot of sense. Um, Maria's missing. Nancy doesn't know where she is. Kim's also missing, and it sounds pretty dead on that Lila's the one who took her. So Nancy's like, okay, we've got to get on the Rosita and see what's happening. Again, it's a fucking booze cruise. It's a booze cruise. Um, so they're disguised as slightly different white girls. Nancy is wearing a turban on her head, which, interesting choice. You're making a lot of interesting choices. Are we wearing, like, a chemotherapy turban? Are we wearing a, like, cultural appropriation turban? A genie turban, like... I would say that if you're trying to be subtle, you're you're going to stick out more with a turban. I'm just saying. Um, but she's trying to disguise her hair because she feels that her hair is one of the most defining characteristics of her. Um, I think that she has forced Bess to wear, like, some capris and a loose button down, you know, so that, to disguise her killer-ass figure. And George is just being George. Um, I wish that she'd, like, penciled on a mustache or some shit. Um... So, yeah, they're just going throughout the party, looking around, trying to see what, you know, if there are any clues or whatever. And again, it's a fucking booze cruise. Side note, I've never actually been on one of these. Like, in the Bahamas, they don't fucking care. But anyway, I haven't been on a booze cruise. But, like, everything about it, it's as though they're on a booze cruise. Just they're just not going to mention the fact that everybody's fucking smashed. So, I mean, it's fine. Um... Nancy's looking around. She runs into Lila. Uh, Nancy has been also chatting up this incel who's like, oh my God, let's let's hang out tonight. Nancy's like, yeah, let's dance together away from some himbos. And so <laughs> she keeps like maneuvering this jackass between her and the himbos. And then she's like, oh, okay, I have to go. And he's like, I thought we were going to stay together. And Nancy's like, no. And just like, walks the fuck away it's just glorious anyway uh lila catches up with nancy and shepherds her into the lower parts of the boat which have individual rooms down there like i don't have a real clear idea of how big this boat is i don't think it fucking matters it's got enough room down there to ship some people that's what you need to know 
So all of our friends are down there. Um, Kim's down there. Maria's down there. Everyone's down there. Like, we're doing great. We, we found everyone. Now we just need to get off the fucking boat. The boat is going to a deserted island is, is where they're going for that. So Nancy's like, okay, we're going to reach the island. And um, because the boat can't actually go all the way up to the island, they have to take people back and forth in little boats. And so Nancy's like, okay, well, we'll just steal a little boat and we're free. And everyone's like, cool. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll figure that out. Like there's no way for them to get, to get off the boat from where they are and the door's locked and blah, blah. So, um, the door opens and who is standing there, but Dirk and he's got a gun. <laughs> Cause of course he does. He doesn't have a dagger because that would be too on the nose. Um, so Bess walks over to him and she's like, Oh my God, Dirk, I will do anything. I will, I will have your children. If you will just let us out of here. Oh my God. And she's just like keeping up a steady monologue of all these just hilarious problems promises so that Nancy can sneak up behind him and knock him the fuck out with one kick, which is what she does. Nancy is here to knock out people. She's, that is her goal here. She wants some people on the ground. So she knocks Dirk out. He is out cold at this point. Um, she grabs the gun and she's like, okay, Dirk's down here. We've got him. I'm going to give you guys the gun. We're at the island. I'm going to get a boat. And everyone's like, Yes, classic plan, yes. So she leaves everybody else down there with the gun. Um, George is like, I, I'm, I don't want to use a gun. Nancy's like, it's fine. You just have it for reasons. It's cool. So Nancy goes through the hilarious comedy of errors of trying to steal a fucking speedboat. Um, she swims out to the island. She like jumps off the boat, swims out to the island. Again, at this point, she's got no turban and all of her makeup is rubbed the fuck off. She she came wearing heavy makeup and I'm like, are we doing like full ass Tammy Faye Baker? Like, again, so many questions. Um, Although when you're pushing 40, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> She sees a shark in the water. Of course she does. Because again, we got 18 chapters to cliffhang off. Um, and she's like, ah, oh, shit. So she gets out there in order, to, and in order to distract everybody while she's trying to steal a fucking speedboat, she's like, oh my God, I see a shark. So she goes out of the speedboat. A himbo comes after her. She runs away. Uh, the himbo chases her to a cliff. She turns around and she's like, all right, I'm going to bust out some judo. I'm going to knock this guy on his ass. When dirt comes up behind him and like clubs him on the head. And Nancy's like, what is, and Dirk's like, hey, um, yeah, so I'm an undercover cop, and your friends are on a speedboat, and we gotta go. And Nancy's like, what? <laughs> She's like, why did you not? And Dirk's like, I didn't know if I should trust you. I was trying to get Lila to trust me with everything, which she only did very recently. And Nancy's like, so you didn't sabotage the windsurfing adventure? And Dirk's like, no. I think that somebody saw us together and they knew that you had been with Kim and so they were afraid of what you might know and so they sabotaged your windsurfing get up. And Nancy's like, cool, that seems reasonable. Um, she, Whenever she's like, I don't trust you, Dirk's like, well, just walk behind me and if anything happens, you can just knock me out. And Nancy's like, that seems legit. And then she puts five feet of space between them, which, again... As all of you should know, if you're holding a gun on somebody and you're directly behind them, they can just reach behind you and disarm you. So, yes, keep five feet of space between you and the person you are following. So, good job there. They get on the speedboat. Lila sees them. She gives chase and is yelling. She's like, go get them. And the hembos are all running around trying to do her bidding. And 
Um, they end up beaching Lila's boat on a sandbar and getting back to shore. And then everything is fine. Yay, Maria is saved. Everyone's drunk. No. <laughs> I think that we're supposed to believe that the core group is not drunk off their asses, even though they 100% should be. Um, so they get back to shore the next morning. Dirk's like, yeah, we're, we took Lila into custody because her boat was on a sandbar and it's fantastic. And Dirk's like, he's just full of himself. He's just feeling great. And he's like, you know, detective, you did some great work. Like you should move down here to Fort Lauderdale. And Nancy's like, yeah, I got a plane to catch in like four hours. So cool. But I mean, whatever. And Dirk's like, definitely look me up when you come back here next time. And leans over and gives her a kiss. And okay. You know that my soul left my body. You, you know that I hate it. You know, I hate it. Um, but Nancy doesn't respond at all. She's not like, oh my God, maybe this could go somewhere. Or yes, Daryl, yes. Like, there's none of that. It's just like, oh, well, I mean, you're kind of a dipshit. <laughs> Which he is. Um, seriously, like, you let all that shit get out of hand. I do love, though, that she was trying so fucking hard to steal a speedboat and was like, ah, what up? Um, which, I mean, I could say that she was providing enough cover so that Dirk and everybody could steal another speedboat. Um, but anyway, Nancy's like, all those people on the island that were partying, they're, they're all still there, aren't they? And Dirk was like, oh, shit, like... I was about to take some time off, but let me go take care of that. And Nancy's like, yeah, I got to go to the airport. Bye. Um, yeah, Kim confirms everything that Nancy had already deduced at that point. That Kim had found out that um, there were a lot of people who, were, who had been human trafficked, and she was trying to help them out. And she was specifically trying to help out Maria. But um, they found out where Maria was staying. They broke into the room. Maria was gone. Kim was trying to help track her down. Ricardo, which Bess actually points this out to Nancy, Ricardo didn't trust Nancy because he didn't fucking know who she was, and she's a white girl, so he wasn't about to fucking trust her. Like, Kim had built up the trust. Nancy had not. So, like, Nancy's like, he was kind of a bastard, and they were like, I mean, yeah, he was also an illegal immigrant. Like, he was undocumented, and he didn't want any shit to happen to him either, which... Again, kind of goes back to the main premise here that, no, they couldn't go to the cops because they're undocumented. So if they tried to raise a fuss about anything, like, uh, okay. And Maria speaks very little English, so that was another barrier for her. Um, Nancy was like, Maria seemed really nice, and I was hoping that she wouldn't get deported. And Kim's like, oh, well, she's... Like, one of my mom's friends is going to sponsor her, and she wants to go to school to be an engineer. And Nancy's like, that's fantastic, which... I love for a bunch of reasons. I mean, it was nice. It's kind of interesting that Nancy doesn't ask about the rest of them. But, I mean, baby steps here. Baby steps. Um, but, yeah, that's how it ends. They spend, Nancy spends all of her spring break getting her ass handed to her. And then at the end of it, she has saved a, an undocumented immigrant from certain deportation. So, cool. Good times all around. So, for the second part of this episode, what we're going to do is talk about, like, an overview of this this second season, because I kind of want to talk about the files and everything related to that. Okay, for part two, let's just talk just generally about what we've seen so far. Like, 
I feel like it's instructive to do so. Um, the first book, the villain is a guy who is off screen for almost all of it. So you got like Mitch Dillon who is selling secrets to the Russians. Cha. Um, this kind of sets the stakes for the file series as this can be like international, like skullduggery, um, which, yeah, I mean, some of that happens in the mystery stories as well, where you've got like Nancy going to Peru, you've got Nancy going like everywhere. So there's some of that. Um, in the second book, the villain is a male-female duo. So you've actually got the Chinese-American guy and you've got the American female secretary who there doesn't seem to be a romantic attachment between the two of them. But they're kind of working together to pirate records because they hate Metallica and all it stands for. Um... <laughs> For the third book, you've got the guy who is just Michael Price, who absolutely fucking hates the guy who is George's love interest in that book. For the fourth book, we've got Yvonne, who is the a couple years older than Nancy, like powerhouse publishing person who's related to that. And then for the fifth book, you've got, again, a woman who is a few years older than Nancy, um, there's no reference to her education, but she's definitely higher class. It refers to her as wearing, like, at the end of the book when she's revealed as the villain, like, she's wearing a tiny bikini and a seafoam green robe, and she looks fantastic because, of course, she does. And she's got her army of himbos. Like, it's kind of interesting because, like, they refer to her. They're like, oh, yeah, she's got these really handsome guys who follow her around everywhere and do everything that she wants them to. And Dirk is supposed to be one of them, because, but, of course, he's an undercover police officer who's been undercover with her for, like, two months now. And you're like, Nancy figured out what the fuck was going on within, like, three days. So, yeah, you're kind of shitty at this, um, which is why you want her to come work with you because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um the thing about the police, again, um, if you start off with, like, a small-scale crime, then it makes sense to call in Nancy because, like, eh, it's not enough for you to call in the cops over. Um, for the second book, it was because they would just think that it was the boy who cried wolf because the, the guy in question, the lead singer for Bent Fender, had been, like, known for just going off on a bender for a few days. So he was, you know, it probably wouldn't be believed that some foul play had happened to him. For book three, it was just like, oh, somebody's just sabotaging things around the end, which I've read some interesting comments from other people that like a Nancy Drew book that is based around sabotage can get old pretty quick. But it makes sense that that's the kind of thing that she would investigate because it's not serious enough to call in the cops. Because again, if it seems like it's coincidence, then you can just kind of shrug it off that way. But it's serious enough to get somebody to come in and investigate it. Um, and again, Nancy's the victim of like one of the first sabotage instances in book three. For book four, like, honestly, feel like Yvonne was Yvonne called Nancy in because she was orchestrating the whole thing, and you don't really want the cops involved, and like. It's kind of weird, though. It's like she wanted to kind of prove herself. It Kind of like the fucking Mortimer Bartescu from Haunted Bridge who was like, I want to prove that I'm your equal by just being a total asshole. <laughs> Dick. Um, for this book, like, 
Nancy's just trying to help out her friend who's in a, well, she's not presented as being in a coma. She's just unconscious. Um, she just wants to help her out. And again, in the original mystery stories, like I can totally imagine Nancy running into Maria, um, and Maria telling her her story because Nancy does speak enough Spanish to talk to her. Like she doesn't need an interpreter to understand most of what she's saying. So like, I want to say that like the story might've had some more emotional impact if Nancy had directly received the appeal from Maria. Um, but hey, I mean, Nancy's there on spring break. And again, I can totally imagine her friends being like, of course, this would happen to you. You run into mysteries wherever the fuck you go. Um, yeah. Nancy's kind of interesting here. Like, there's not a lot of, oh, I'm just going to dismiss you because you're a woman. Although, there's definitely some of that that Nancy runs into. Like, she can fly under the radar because people just dismiss her as like an 18-year-old who, you know, she doesn't. She doesn't seem that threatening to most people, so it's kind of interesting how she can kind of go back and forth between the two spheres. She can act both as like a masculine force and that she's out there avenging wrongs and she's solving crimes and she's trying to help people who need her help. But on the other hand, she's also got one foot in the domestic sphere kind of because like she's she's still her father's daughter. She still trades on his name. Um, she still depends on him for everything that she does in these books. Um, I think I saw something recently on Twitter that was like, shout out to Carson Drew who bankrolled Nancy's entire lifestyle, like, and allowed her to like, had the kind of lax parenting skills that allowed her to do whatever the fuck she wanted. And yeah, like that's 100% where we are here. Like in the, in the mystery stories, especially in the thirties, like it's Nancy has been raised by her father to like consider herself an intellectual equal like I'm not saying in terms of like education it's just that like I too can use logic to figure out problems I too can can puzzle through things and come up with solutions and generally her father does like there is a little bit of patronizing in his behavior toward her but there's also a lot of like he's very proud of her and everything that she can do and in these books like, I feel like especially in book five, the one that I just read for the files, um, she, she gets her ass handed to her, like, quite a few times, and honestly, because I had read the book before, like, I knew what was going to happen, but within the first, like, two chapters, you've got all the clues that you need to understand what's going on, like, especially when she runs across the story about illegal aliens in Kim's room, and, like, the headline's been circled in red pen, and she's like, oh, this is just a cause that she's interested in. Like, you wouldn't necessarily know from that point, but, like, you've got everything pretty much from that point that you need to. Um, the interesting thing to me about Nancy and Ed's relationship in the files, and we haven't yet hit this in the mystery stories, but Nancy's going to basically become Ned's special friend. Like, there's... There are hints that Ned definitely has marriage in mind for their relationship in the future. And the files, there's nothing like that. And I think I've said this before. Like, if they had said, like, oh, well, let's get married after I graduate from Emerson. And Nancy would be like, yeah, because it's never going to fucking happen because Ned keeps skipping every fucking class he has. Um, like, again, we're never going to get there. Like, Ned's been at Emerson for, like, eight 
90 damn years now, practically. This is 2021 that I'm recording this in. Like, seriously. He's never leaving. He's He is a ghost and he is tied to that place. Um, It's fine. But yeah. Um, I think that it's pretty fascinating. And looking back at the mystery stories in comparison to the files, and I'm probably going to do this again at the end of next season. Um, the, the way that Nancy interacts with the villains, the way that, like, who she has sympathy for and who she doesn't, who she thinks should be, like, rewarded for their behavior and who she thinks should be punished. Um, I'm, I'm thinking back, and in the mystery stories, it seems like it's pretty much a lot of male villains, there are occasionally female accomplices, but it's a lot of male villains. It's a lot of, like, they're greedy, they're selfish, they're, you know, out for their own gain. Um, they're trying to swindle someone. They're trying to trick somebody. Um, they're, they have some sort of motivation that Nancy doesn't agree with. And so Nancy's going to always be more likely to agree with the ones who have the motivation that she herself would agree with. Um, so if it's somebody who is destitute and trying to make a living... If it's somebody who seems honest, is kind, intelligent, like there's there's all these adjectives that are definitely coded in certain ways that that Nancy's like, if you meet these qualifications, then you are the kind of person that I will fight for. Um, for this, like, she is trying to find Kim. She's trying to figure out what happened to Kim, like, because Kim goes missing near the end of the book, and so that's part of the reason why she's doing this, but... um. Like, she's, she is in it for Maria as well. Like, the implication is that Lila takes the boat out to do the booze cruise and then picks up another shipment of human beings and brings them back. And they're just stored in the hull of the boat. And because everybody is just, like, fucking baked from the booze cruise, like, nobody notices that there's anything amiss. And she just lets off her passengers. And then she takes another shipment ashore, which I've got a bunch of questions. Like, do you have a high rate of turnover? <laughs> why does this keep happening, or does it only happen at specific times, um, yeah, these questions do not deserve an answer, um, it's, it's fine, much like this goes, so yeah, um, in the first books, it's like, I mean, are we falling into the, these are really intelligent villains who Nancy is matching wits against, like, I'd say that's definitely part of it. And again, in the files, you have a lot more action. You have a lot more adult action. And the mystery stories, Nancy doesn't deal with murder. Like, that's, if anything happens like that, like, it seems very tangential to the case. It, the case, it seems like maybe a death under mysterious circumstances, but it's never anything like Nancy stumbles across a corpse and then has to figure out who killed that person. And then in the files, like, the first book, Nancy finds that one of her primary suspects has been killed. And again, everybody's reaction to it is like, that bitch deserved it, which is a take, certainly. Um, for this one, again, like, Ricardo washes up on the beach with a fucking hole in his head, and she's like, yeah, huh, huh. And then just stumbles back to a hotel room and just crashes on the cot that Bess was supposed to be in. Which, again, you've seen, like, the hotel room lock was busted in Kim's hotel room. Like, I don't know, maybe go to a hospital. You have been badly concussed. Um, <laughs> somebody tried to drown you. <laughs> Things are not going well. But anyway, um, 
so yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff to unpack here about like Nancy's relationship to law enforcement. And again, for these books, like they have to be presented in a light that they can be used as instruments of, I'm going to take this villain out of your sight. Like that is what they serve to do. Um, there's very few books where Nancy is in any sort of like non-adversarial relationship with the cops. Um, it's either like benign neglect or yeah, you shouldn't be poking your nose in adult business. Um, there's one case that we're going to get to where Ned is accused of murder and like Nancy's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to figure out who did this because I know that you didn't. And so, you know, clearly that's not going to work. There's another one that I love where Nancy is being, somebody is pretending that they are Nancy and swindling people out of some money, which is hilarious on the face of it. And Nancy has to figure out who's impersonating her and trying to swindle people out of money. Because again, if you walk up to somebody, you're like, Hey, I'm Nancy Drew. And my dad is Carson Drew. And you should invest in this thing. Like it's kind of interesting that somebody would figure out the cachet attached to her name and decide to cash in on it like that. Um, yeah. So while on the one hand, like there's some really interesting things that can be done. Um, the mystery stories lean a lot more on like missing inheritance, missing treasure. Um, if somebody can just get their hands on this one specific thing, this object, um, they can solve a mystery or it's a part of their heritage. It's part of their inheritance. It's very important to them culturally or maybe genealogically. Maybe it's to prove that they are who they say they are. Maybe it's to prove identity, things like that. And in the files, you don't have so much of that. It's a lot of, um, Nancy investigating like far more, present-based crimes, I would say. Because in the mystery stories, you've got a bunch of, like, she's she's writing a wrong that has happened. She's untangling something. She's finding a will that somebody left in the first book. Um, she's, like, somebody has been suffering for a long time, and Nancy's arrived to kind of help ameliorate that, which that's that's really fascinating honestly there's like this really deep rich connection to history that happens in those books that in the files is not so much because Nancy's investigating like current things current crimes current like sabotage attempts current attacks on her life or the lives of the people that she loves or the lives of the people that she's contacted for the case um so I think that's really fascinating honestly um, next time we are going to pick up with the case of the tapping heels, which I'm excited about. Um, eventually, and I'm not sure how quickly this is going to happen. Eventually we're going to get to, um, the one book that we are told that Ned has been in Europe for a hot minute with the implication that he has been drafted to fight in World War II because like that one is close to my heart because I wrote a story where Nancy and Ned get engaged when he's basically been drafted to go off to World War Two, and yes, 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 100% to all, yes to all of that, all of that. Um, the next Nancy Drew Files that we're going to pick up with, and this is going to be in season four, of course, is going to be um, Whitewater Terror, which I was thinking about this episode for a while, and I was like, I've noticed that all the titles for the Nancy Drew Files series sound like they are also titles of investigation, discovery, true crime documentaries, which I'm going to put that in scare quotes because they're not documentaries. It's fine. Um, but like the clue of the tapping heels, you're like, yeah, sure. And hit and run holiday. You're like, 
Yeah, 100%. I can see that as the title card on one of these things. So I thought that was hilarious. Um, let me just say, though, that that's just absolutely perfect for the kickoff for season four because I fucking love that book. And there is a lot of Ned in that book, and it's going to be good. So anyway, so tune in next week for Clue and Tapping Heels. So we're going to do five books in the Mystery Stories series before we pick up with the files again in season four. So if you're like, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for some mystery stories. Then I guess you're going to be here for the odd-numbered seasons. And if you're here for the files, you're going to be here for the even-numbered seasons. And if you're here for all this shit, then you're going to be here for all of it. So stay sleuthy, my friends.